0: Alberta no longer rat free. TVA group slashes nearly a third of its workforce. The percentage of the population within Canadian prisons who are Indigenous has grown significantly over the past decade. Canada is going to spend about $73.9 billion to purchase and maintain fighter jets. And the White House is seeking unprecedented secrecy in its arms dealings with Israel. Good morning. It's Friday, November 3rd. I'm Nora and here are your headlines. We start this morning with very important news from Alberta. That province, which has declared itself to be rat-free, is the site of several rat infestations. This is reported by Logan Stein with City News. There are two recycling facilities that have been infested by Norway rats. The facility receives 160 trucks per day from curbside pickup, and so city officials have said that it's not surprising that they have rats. Except part of the identity of being an Albertan is that they live in a province without rats. So this is a huge blow to the common identity of Albertans. It's illegal to own a rat in that province, and for decades, Alberta has tried to keep that province rat-free. It's also got a rat control zone across the eastern border with Saskatchewan, making it very difficult for Saskatchewan Premier Scott Moe to visit Red Deer. So, sorry Albertans, now that you have rats, you're like everyone else. Next, to news from the Canadian press. TVA Group, one of Quebec's main media companies, has announced that it's slashing almost a third of its workforce. That will total 547 jobs. To do this, they will quote-unquote overhaul the news division and in-house entertainment content production and sell off some real estate. TVA is owned by Or, and the CEO of Or is failed politician and company, inheritor Pierre-Card He blames the company's financial losses on web-streaming giants entering the Quebec market and ad spending that is going to online platforms rather than to legacy media, like TVA. The cuts are devastating for local news. Centres like Sherbrooke are going from having hundreds of employees to just a few reporters. It'll be interesting to see how Quebec society responds to this. Will they fight back and create new kinds of media, or will they just take it like the rest of Canada? Next, Ivan Zinger, Canada's Correctional System watchdog, has released a new report that says that the Indigenous population within Canada's prisons has exploded. In a decade, Indigenous people have grown from comprising 25% of all federal inmates to 32%. In women's facilities, the percentage rises to 50%. Zinger raised this crisis in his 2013 report and said that if it wasn't addressed, things could get worse, which of course they have. In a very short Canadian press report, as it appeared in CTV News, it says that the report says that the system is, quote, disturbingly and unconscionably indigenized, unquote. The article raises just three recommendations, a national decarceration strategy, hasten the construction of federal healing lodges and make more supports for Indigenous elders who work in these facilities. Notably absent is any discussion of systemic issues creating these conditions or recommendations that would actually address the root of the problem, like giving land back to Indigenous nations, paying reparations for the land that was stolen that would be difficult to give back, like land that has been mined for metals and oil, or fundamental changes to how colonial Canada interacts with Indigenous nations. But hey, maybe small tweaks will only lead to a 10% increase over the next 10 years rather than a percentage that's even higher. And to news that is unrelated in how journalists write about these issues, but wholly related to how colonial Canada operates, Yves Giroux, the parliamentary budget officer, has priced the cost of Canada's new fleet of F-35 fighter jets to buy and maintain. And the number is, drumroll made of diamonds, please, 73.9 billion dollars. Now, in case you're not sure, that's a lot of money. I know that billions is thrown around all the time, but let's take stock of this number. Seventy three point nine billion dollars. This is enormous. Remember that one billion is one thousand millions. So that is so much. That is seventy three one thousand millions. Now, the number isn't scandalous in the context of the government's estimates. They had estimated that it would cost about $70 billion. The acquisition alone will cost $19.8 billion. And the Jets will cost about $85 million each, thanks to an acquisition deal hammered out with the United States government and Lockheed Martin the F-35s will replace the CF-18s, planes that Canada has had in operation for 50 years. Of course, the question is, what exactly does Canada plan to do with a new fleet of warplanes that are more powerful than the CF-18s were? That question, of course, is not entertained in the article. It's just assumed that this is something that we need. And finally, U.S. News Now, Truthout is reporting that the White House has asked for the extraordinary power to negotiate arms deals with Israel in, quote, complete secrecy without oversight from Congress or the public, unquote. The request was part of their $106 billion funding request for the military that has been mostly discussed as being for Ukraine. The White House is asking for up to $3.5 billion for military funding for Israel equipment purchases, including weapons, without needing to bring the spending decisions to Congress for approval. They also want to exempt the spending from adding it to the Federal Register, which is something that is done for all funding decisions so that people can see where their money is going. They are hoping to have this money exempted from being added to the Federal Registry until at least September 2025. Doing so would be highly unusual. Even emergency military spending, which the White House has the right to approve unilaterally, has to at least be disclosed to Congress. Truthout, quoting a report that was first done by HuffPost, says that insiders have said that Biden officials are, quote, sidelining work within the State Department on the atrocities that Israel is committing in Gaza, seeking to seemingly cover up the issue and disallow employees from speaking up against the genocide, unquote. No matter what happens in Gaza, it will be nearly impossible to change the mind of the White House in relation to support for Israel, according to the sources that HuffPost quotes. Some of them, according to HuffPost, even admit that what Israel is doing amounts to war crimes, but they won't say that publicly. Those are your headlines for Friday, November 3rd. It is Friday. I hope that you've got something lined up for this weekend that'll be lots of fun. I hope I have something lined up for this weekend that's going to be lots of fun and that uh, at the very least you get some relaxing time. You are listening to this podcast at sandianora.com on the Real News Network podcast feed or wherever you get your podcasts. I will talk to you on the other side.